streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Let's go! It's the most all-star-studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Well, an interesting game on Saturday. Arkansas 28-6 winners over the Kent State Golden Flashes. Not the outcome that a lot of us expected. I know not the outcome that I expected, not the dominant performance that I thought was coming from the Arkansas offense. We'll discuss a little bit of that. I've gone back and watched the game several times since then. Uh, Andrew Ellis is going to hop on, give us some of his thoughts, and we're going to bring in Danny West as well to talk a little recruit reaction and things of that nature. All that more on today's episode of Hogsports Live. Guys, there are so many ways to watch this show. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be one of 90,000 Razorback fans to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to the page if you haven't done so already. And hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't taken a moment to throw us a five-star review and you like the show, then that certainly helps our channel out and we would appreciate it. Also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. And Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month at HAWGsports.com. Part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Okay, where to begin? Let's talk about a couple things here before we dive into reviewing the game. And we'll have the primer on Thursday, as always, where we'll dive in a little bit more on some of the things going on with BYU. Uh, met with Kalani Sataki today, so talked to him. Obviously, we talked with Sam Pittman as his regular noon press conference. But just a, a few injury things. Uh, Dwight McLaughlin had the turf toe deal popped up on Thursday. They put him in one game, said he couldn't push off of it. Don't know what – kind of availability that means for Saturday. But that's usually, you know, there's different grades of it. Uh, So we'll see how that shapes up. Um, Rocket Sanders isn't going to be available on Saturday either. So just a couple of things here. Christopher Paul's looking good. He missed time in preseason practice with spraying MCL. But uh, I thought he moved away around pretty well. So nothing too um, dramatic right there with injuries. So that's good. Trajan Jeffcoat named SEC co-defensive lineman of the week. Nice to see him get honored. I'm not even sure. Let's see, he had uh, three tackles, two tackles for loss uh, for minus 11. That includes one and a half sacks. That's a career high for a loss of nine yards. I thought Trajan Jeffcoat played really well. I thought the defensive line played really well. We're probably not even going to talk about the defense a whole heck of a lot because we like to talk about the problems, right? <laughs> so the problems, you know, kind of lie on the offensive side of the ball. We'll touch on some defense, obviously, but – those are where the, the main issues are. Arkansas versus LSU kickoff time announced. That is that is 6 o'clock on ESPN. What a great time to have a game in Death Valley. Guys, if you haven't been to Baton Rouge before, it's a tremendous environment. It's not going to rain, believe it or not. The chance of rain for a night game in Death Valley is never. They've got one of the best intros in college football, especially when it's a night game. And I've been to several there. I've seen Arkansas win there at night. So, a couple times. So, um, and, you know, times that I haven't been there, they've been there. But it is a very tough environment uh, to compete in for a night game. But what a great what a great uh, situation for Arkansas to go down there and possibly shock a lot of people. 
the opportunity is there. I'm not calling it, but the opportunity is there. Arkansas also plays at 6 o'clock this weekend against BYU. Arkansas is a nine-and-a-half point favorite over BYU, according to the Bet Saracen app. The money line is plus 300 Arkansas or, excuse me, minus 350 Arkansas and plus 300 BYU. The over-under is 51-and-a-half, which I think is notable because Arkansas scored 52 last year in a 52-35 win. But the offense is going to have to get some things straightened out. It's clear that they're still – figuring out their way a little bit. And, you know, Sam Pittman has brought up that they want to try different players and get everybody a little bit of extra work and all those kinds of things. And, you know, kind of said with with Dan, you know, they know they're going to win the game. The game wasn't in question. I gave Arkansas a 99.9% chance, 99, I think, percent chance of winning the game. And they did that. The The way it happened, uh, you know, I think was, you know, not what we expected totally, but – We'll talk about that in a minute. Arkansas lands four-star wing Jalen Shelley, also uh, basketball. Obviously, he's a wing. It's a nice pickup. Um, this guy's a top 100 guy. I'll get into his details. He, he had offers from Louisville, Marquette, Ohio State, LSU, Colorado, Houston, and Texas A&M, among others. 6'8", 190 pounds from Link Academy. That's obviously familiar. Um a familiar school that Arkansas has recruited a lot of players out of. According to the 24-7 Sports Composite, he's the number 47 overall prospect in the country, 14 small forward, and number three in the state of Missouri. Big pickup. Another nice pickup for you would be to have Ozarks go. If you don't have Ozarks go, if you're curious about getting fast, reliable internet, then go check out our friends at ozarksgo.net slash hog. If I can find their graphic, there it is. You can also call them at 479-684-4900. It's a great way to get a hold of them. You're going to talk to somebody local because it's a local company. You don't sacrifice anything with these guys. Uh, They're located in most of Fayetteville. They're located in a lot of areas in northwest Arkansas, Oklahoma, Missouri. If you have Ozarks Electric, then there's a good chance that you can get Ozarks Go Internet also. They offer multi-gig service. They offer gigabit service and tiers lower than that i have the multi-bit recently got it installed two nice gentlemen came over and hooked it up for me Uh, i'd had gigabit previously which i think is fantastic for probably most people but since i've been upgraded to multi-gig you know we've been streaming this show in 1080p and um you know we use a lot of internet around here this is a home office studio for me so uh, i use a lot and the bandwidth is is fantastic it's instant it's a great service to have they're not going to trick you by trying to bring you in on a low rate and then jack you up the next year and the next year and the next year you're going to pay the same amount this year as you do next year so go check out our friends at ozarksgo.net slash hog 479-684-4900 couldn't be more pleased with their service as i've said many times i've experienced 100 percent uptime you know, unless they say, hey, we're going to have an outage here at midnight, which has happened one time in the two and a half years that I've had them. Okay. Everybody knows I like to go back and look at the game. So, you know, obviously the walk and talk is a very emotional, you know, and I didn't expect it to be an emotional, like, reaction to the game because I, I really expected them to fully just roll over those guys. Now, they still won 28-6. The defense was – dominant it's amazing to me I've heard some people kind of comment on you know the defense well hey they had this issue I mean guys the defense isn't going to give up zero yards you know they gave up 200 
which is fantastic. They gave up six points. They wiped out a field goal when Arkansas went for it on fourth down. They completely wiped that out. They took away an opportunity for them at the goal line. What a great way to finish a game. Like, there's experiences that they can draw on, I think, from that, the goal line stand, and then running out the clock, the final 6.05. What I think is interesting about the way this game played out is – I don't know if this was exact time, but Sam Pittman said the game was two hours and 45 minutes. If that's true, that's the shortest game I've ever, I've ever experienced. And I assume part of that was, you know, due to the first down, you know, and then using all the 40 seconds on the, on the play clock, uh, as he called it, kind of playing a four corners, um, a four corners offense against him. And that kind of exacerbated the mistakes that you make. Now, going back and look at it, I don't think that the offensive line played quite as bad. Now, they didn't play great at all. Uh, but they didn't play quite as bad as I thought they did. I think there were some issues, you know, maybe some opportunities where they could have strained a little bit more. But you look at it, so they had nine total drives. One of the drives was a 6.05 where they milked the clock off, you know, at the end of the game. The other drive was with 18 seconds left in the first half. That gave Arkansas seven drives. So when you make a mistake, you start making mistakes here and there, you know, and you're left with very few opportunities. And that's one reason that that hurt Arkansas and their yardage total and their and the amount of points they scored, uh, in addition to the mistakes they made. What were the mistakes they made? So a lot of times we look at, you know, why can't the, why are the why are the running backs, you know, having to bounce it outside? But you go back and look, there's, you know, there's a play where, for example, in the second quarter, where Rashad DeBinion takes the handoff and Bo Lemmer pulls and Patrick Kudis pulls around Nathan Bax, the end. And so, uh, let's see, I believe Bax, Bax gets the end, seals him inside, then Kudis kicks out the end, and then here comes Bo Lemmer knocking the linebacker three yards backwards. The hole's there, but DeBinion either doesn't have the patience or the trust to hit that hole, and he bounces it outside where it's not meant to go, and you've got, you know, you're – stringing a blocker out there and you get a two yard loss when that play should be seven yards they're like and then who knows what dominion does after that but that it's seven yards right there and there were some other issues like that and i thought aj green did a good job of trust and i thought arkansas when they were pulling guys um they were blocking it up pretty well they were uh you know there were some other times like you know Pittman mentioned like inside zone and stuff where maybe they're having a little bit more problem blocking. They're not, you know, maybe it's a straining issue. Who knows what it is. It was kind of a weird week for college football altogether. Uh, If you want to have a little bit of perspective, uh, let's see, Austin P. uh, Southern Illinois beat Austin P. 49-23 last weekend. Tennessee only won 30-13 against them. Kentucky only beat Eastern Kentucky 28-17. This this group was – Eastern Kentucky was obliterated 66-13 against Cincinnati last weekend. Uh, last week in Alabama beat uh, Middle Tennessee State 56-7. Missouri only beat them 23-19. I think that's pretty interesting how some of these, you know, teams that, you know, played big programs last week and came back and and struggled, like – or came back and, and played well. Like, look at this, like – so Florida, LSU, and South Carolina were all beaten soundly by other non-conference Power Five teams last weekend. Top twenty-five teams, every one of them. Uh, but this this week, respectively, they they slapped around McNeese State, Grambling, and Furman, 49-7, 72-10, and forty-seven twenty-one. Kind of a weird week in college football, and the same thing with Kent State. Gave up seven hundred twenty-three yards last week to UCF, and then uh, this past weekend. Obviously, gave Arkansas a lot more trouble. Um, 
there are some issues on the offensive line. I mean, they, I'm not saying there's not, but I'm just saying there's also other issues. Um, you know, Jaden Wilson, it would have been a tough pass, that first one that he, that he missed. It would have been a tough pass to pull in, but, you know, that ended a drive. Uh, another time, like, Wilson kind of got blown up on a, on a block and knocked Andrew uh, Armstrong back when he probably would have had a pretty nice gain on that play. Kind of made the tackle himself. There was another one where the ball was a little high, but Wilson should have caught it and went through his arms. I noticed later in the game on a 31-yard catch when he caught the ball, he's like, oh, like he almost pauses because he's looking it in so much because you only get a couple of drops and then you got Isaiah Satania also battling for reps in the, in the slot there. So, you know, uh, I understand why he was doing why he was looking at it in extra. But, you know, all those little things, you know, you're losing on third down in these instances. And, you know, the back doesn't hit the hole wide receiver misses a block, um, you know, things like that keep happening and you're talking about seven drives. And so you're just like knocking down your chances. And then next thing you know, you're left with three. So I think it kind of made things look even worse because of the way the game played out being such a short game, which I hated. I hate like, why, why do we have these short football games? Like this isn't what we want. The commercial breaks are two minutes and 45 seconds and they do it every single chance they get. And I understand commercials. There's going to be commercials in this video. I understand that. Like we got to pay the bills, but man, like it's like two, two minutes and 45 seconds of commercials, kick the ball off. And then we're going to go to another commercial break for two minutes and 45 seconds. It's just like, there's all these commercial breaks. They shortened halftime years ago. You know, it used to be halftime, they go to the locker room and then 20 minutes. And now it's right when the game, right when the half is over, 20-minute clock starts, whether they're in the locker room or not. They've done all these things to shrink the games, but the commercial breaks are getting longer and longer. I just I – I remember keeping I, – I kept looking up and I was like, how is there six minutes left in this game? Or, you know, how is the, how is the half almost over? What happened to the first quarter? Like, what happened? I mean, the way Arkansas did it in the, in the end of the game – Arkansas had two fourth-quarter possessions, and Kent State had one. They have one fourth-quarter possession. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't know if I'll – I don't know. And, again, part of it's, you know, the first down rule where the clock keeps going, but I don't know if I love that. I'll tell you something else I don't love. I do not love going for it on fourth down. I stick by that from your own 34-yard line. Now, once you cross over midfield, you get to the 40-yard line – and beyond, you're kind of in that no man's land. I understand fully going for it. Yeah, because you're risking, you know, a 20-yard or, or shorter punt if it goes into the end zone. It's too long for a field goal probably. So, 
I understand going for it there, but on on your own end, I think Sam ought to trust himself a little bit more. And, you know, he kind of went with, I don't know, head or heart or whatever, but he kind of went against what he would normally feel. Uh, I just think that you can lose so much momentum there, but luckily the defense was right there for him. Let's talk about the defense a little bit. Played great overall, I thought. You need to get Nudie McLeathern back because he's, you know, a difference maker for you at corner. Not that Keon Stewart played awful, but, you know, he did give up some plays. Uh, and, and he's a good player for him. He, you know, he's going to be a good player, but I think Nudie's, you know, I don't have to say it. Obviously, you guys know Nudie's a really great player. Uh, linebacker, I kind of – I'm Jaheim Thomas and Chris Paul, I think, are your two guys there. I think the more I see of it, I think those two guys and then, you know, also Antonio Greer in there and getting Brad Spence in too. And there's a role for Crook as well. But really think those two linebackers – and you're going to see as the competition gets harder, you're going to see fewer and fewer guys getting getting action. You just are. Defensive line, guys, I mean, I, as I said, don't poke your chest out too far because this offensive line isn't, you know, what you would measure greatness against. But you can just like – take them out of the frame and watch how these guys move and how big and it's a powerful, solid group of defensive linemen. And it's going to help Arkansas. And depending on how the offense comes along, we'll see. But I'll say this. Last year, Arkansas lost to Liberty 21-19. And two weeks later, they were up 42-6 to against Ole Miss. So you can improve. You can, I mean, you can. The question is, will they? But – Teams improve. And if you've got problems on the offensive line, which they do, they've got some things they've got to figure out. I mean, Pittman said as much, and we'll go to Pittman for a, in a minute here. But they've got some things they've got to figure out. But I just – I think that if you're going to have problems for a team like this, it's probably best to have problems on the offensive line because you've got a guy with 25 years' experience being – uh, an FBS level offensive line coach, 30 years total, who's the head coach. So you'd rather have Sam Pittman than probably anybody else on on the job uh, to help get things figured out because that is his expertise. So I think they will probably get better on the offensive line. Um, but also, you know, a lot of it's just the way the game played out. It's, you know, offensive line had issues. Running backs had issues finding the hole. Um, you know, there was a couple issues with wide receivers, both blocking and, you know, having a couple of drops here and there. So I did think DeBinion was hitting the hole at the end of the game. I thought A.J. Green hit the hole pretty well all game. I thought he, you know, trusted it and was maybe just a little bit more polished. And that's something that they talked about DeBinion a lot. And A.J. talked with him a lot. You know, we talked to them in in fall camp about with DeBinion, the most important thing, not the most important, but one of the most important things is patience, having patience, not just hitting it as fast as you can, but letting things develop. Rocket was really good at that last year, I thought, too. Got to get Rocket Sanders back healthy. I think I covered just about everything I want to review on the the game. Arkansas could throw more on first down. I wanted to bring that up to Pittman, but I, I forgot. We kind of ran out of time also. But Arkansas only had – now, some of this could be affected by RPO, but uh, there was only four times that they intended to pass the ball in the game on first down out of 25, 25 opportunities. Uh, one was a sack, and then K.J. went two of three for like 36 yards. So maybe a little bit more balance there. I want to see Isaac Tesla even more involved than he is now because he catches 
absolutely everything. I don't know how he didn't get pass interference on that low one there towards the end of the game. Like, the dude's all over him, wrapping his arms around his arms. I mean, that's pass interference. But, uh, let's see. I want to see more Isaiah Satania, only 11 snaps on offense. I want to see him more. Tyrone Broden is, if they had an All-American for Gunner, I would nominate him. All right. Let's get to let's get to Sam Pittman. I think that's everything I want to cover. I'm sure that maybe if we get some questions here, then you guys maybe have some other things that we can talk about. But I asked Sam Pittman just about what he thought about things after watching the video. Here's what he had to say. That is not the video. And so I thought they, how you could convince your team of this is how we're going to win. I guess it's the old Dean Smith four corners. You, you know what I mean? Uh, especially with the clock like it is. What was the game? Two hours and 45 minutes. You know what I mean? Well, then you start pressing because you're supposed to win by a bunch of margin. It didn't go so well at first. Uh, here's what I saw. Um, we're not covering we're, our fits up front have to get better. In other words, everything's getting popped out to safeties and we're not making any of them miss either. Um, so we've got to make safeties miss. We quit putting RPO on the back end of it. Uh, we weren't particularly throwing the ball well either, weren't catching it. And so we, at some point, Dan and I had a conversation about we're going to win the game Let's see if we can't try to get established, get our run game going. This and we tried several different things. You know, we found out some things that we can do and some things that we can't do. Uh, how we could take the ball with the last six minutes and displace the line of scrimmage like we did and not do it at the beginning. We've got to figure all that kind of stuff out. But, but the bottom line is this: is that. Our fits aren't good at tight end. They got to get better. Our fits are not good consistently up front. They've got to get better. Our blocking on the outside is on edge. It's got to get better. Um, our our catching game. You know, we had two third downs. We dropped the ball. We stay on the field. The game could be much different. Those things we have to get better. Um, but after I saw that, I actually thought we played better last week than we did this week up front. But I didn't think we played too bad, actually, last week up front. Uh, this week, it's all about edges. It's about uh, displacing linemen. And when we're in double teams, the only time that we truly displaced their D-line is at the end of the game, the last six minutes. Those things have got to become more consistent. I think Bo has to become a more vocal leader. He's got to go. I think having Brady back will help us. But uh, uh, we have to get better there. We, we're addressing it. We, we, we addressed it last week. It may not be just a quick fix. I think uh, where we're going in the order of how we're playing our games is going to help us with uh, a new coordinator, and there were some mistakes, you know. Uh, a new coordinator uh, continued to 
try to figure out exactly what we do well, what we can do well, but you have to do something well, and I think our back's got to run harder. All right, we're going to go to Danny West now. For those of you who don't follow Danny, you can follow him at Danny West 24-7. He's the Hog Sports recruiting analyst and does a great job for us. Danny. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't know what's going on over there, but uh, we're glad to have you on the show. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, you'll be in town this weekend. There'll be a lot of recruits coming in, but let's talk a little bit about uh, what happened last week. I know you have some recruit reaction for us. Yeah, you know, I thought it was a pretty good turnout for Arkansas. Um, it, it was really heavy on the what we call PWO weekends, preferred walk-ons. Mm-hmm. Um, so several in-state guys, underclassmen, um, even who were 20, 2025, 2026 kids, came up and uh, had an opportunity to enjoy the game. And it seemed like it was a pretty good turnout, a pretty good event for some of those guys. I, uh, one guy that I talked to in particular of note, he's a composite four-star running back out of Bryant. Mm-hmm. Obviously a powerhouse program, even after their um, streak was snapped this past Friday night. But, um, yeah, Daniel Anderson, composite four-star, really good-looking kid, came up, said he was really impressed that Jimmy Smith walked up to him and, and immediately wanted to talk about his performance the night before. So, um, yeah, he was one of the headliners, a couple of guys like that within the state haven't caught up with Antonio Jordan, uh, the next great wide receiver out of Warren, Arkansas, uh, was back on campus this week, about six, five, two Oh five, somewhere in that range. Really, really excited to see how he, uh, turns out here in a couple of years. So Daniel Anderson, as you mentioned, out of Bryant, five eleven, one ninety five, class of 2025, uh, number 316 overall prospect in the country, number three in Arkansas in the class of 2025. He has Notre Dame offer, Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, Mississippi State. Is Arkansas, what, what is their status with them? Haven't offered yet. Obviously, uh, they picked up a pretty good one for that class a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago in Jamarian Parker. But, you know, as well as anybody, Trey, that anytime there's an in-state four-star type running back, yeah, you'll go out of state and pick up a Jaden ball to make everybody feel a little better about the position group. But, you know, you're going to come back typically and try to keep those stars in the state. So right. still early there, uh, obviously early and still uh, about a year and a half out. But I think there's a shot there. If Jimmy Smith is walking up to him at a game and talking to him, I'm going to leave the door open and say there's there's probably potential there for an offer at some point. There's been too big of a gap for uh, for Warren, Arkansas. We're used to seeing somebody every year, every couple of years, uh, but this Antonio Jordan, 6'4", 210 in the class of 2025, Arkansas has offered him along with Florida State, South Carolina, Tennessee, so on and so forth. Um, what, what do we know about Antonio Jordan? According to Coach Embry down there, man, he's he's one of the next great ones. Um, you know, it, it's tough at this point. Shoot, it feels like 30 years now Coach has been talking about, you know, all the Brett Smiths, Traylon Burks, some of those guys that go way back, mm-hmm. 20 years, I guess I should say. But uh, he's the next big one, man. I don't know what's in the water down there. I don't know if of, of any relation to any of the previous standouts there, but um, I'm sure at some point they're they're related, but uh, yeah, six four two ten as you said. I, I'm hearing a little more six five ish two o five two ten somewhere in that range. But uh, a really impressive offer list so far. And again, another guy who's not on Twitter. Uh, he's not into the whole look at me type thing. And 
So, uh, which tells me at some point, Trey, I'm probably going to have to make a trip back to Warren, Arkansas, if I ever want to get an interview here. <laughs> gotcha. Danny West joining us. If you haven't followed him on Twitter, well you can it. follow him at Danny West 24-7. Uh, he's the Hog Sports recruiting analyst and does a great job for us. So, Danny, uh, Arkansas sending out offers, obviously, a lot of offers in that 2025 class. What's, what's some of the action uh, going on lately? You know, it's been pretty slow. Uh, when you think about months like May, April, you see how many offers go out. I remember at one point, I mean, it would be nothing to put out 12, 15 a week, uh, you know, during peak season, offer season. But over the last couple of months, I think they had seven that went out in July. That's a really, really low number. Had nine, um, a total of nine for the last month in August. Already only one so far for this month. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I think it's just a byproduct of Coach Pittman, the way he goes about the calendar year. He really wants all that recruiting or most of it done in the first half of the year, which I greatly appreciate. It kind of it makes for a little back end for me, a little smoother back end of the summer. But um, I think, Trey, at some point in the fall, it's going to start to pick up. We haven't seen Arkansas really hit the road yet. You know, right. that's another thing they do uh, kind of as a staple under Coach Pitt. But um, don't really take those first few weeks always. You know, they like to get the season underway get camp underway, whatever they can do with as much recruiting already done and already out of the way, that's probably what they're going to do. So I say all that to say they're probably going to extend some more offers in, uh, uh, throughout the month of September and into October. I would expect to see uh, quite a few more. But, um, yeah, slow going as far as offers. It's been slow for a lot of uh, angles, really, in recruiting. You think about the schedule opening up in Little Rock, of course, as you call it, uh, a soft opening in Little Rock a couple of weeks ago. You come back to Fayetteville, not a big marquee type out of conference game. Really got to wait till this week, week three, to get a very big group, and I think they will um, have a, a, a really good turnout for what's coming up for BYU Saturday. Danny, the recruiting class for the class of 2024, there's currently 19 commitments. And Arkansas is ranked 20th nationally. They have four players ranked in the top 100, which is they've never had more than one player since 24-7 sports started doing rankings in 2010. That's certainly notable. Um, how do you see the rest of this class playing out? I mean, we've kind of had, you know, a little bit of a back and forth. Pittman says he wants to sign 25 in every class. I said I don't see him signing more than 20 in a class. Who's right? How's this going to play out? Are they going to add some more in this group? Probably about uh, somewhere in, in between, I would say. Um, you know, when I think about the remaining needs in this class, um, obviously you just picked up Kai Greer. That makes you feel a little bit better about the offensive tackle situation. But, again, man, I don't think it's over with Shaq McCroy, uh, Jaquan McCroy out of um, Alabama, Clay Chalkville High School. Obviously mm -hmm. he picked Oregon over the summer. As people remember, you missed on Fletcher Westfall. Maybe you're still working that angle as well. But, I think they could really use one more offensive tackle, but don't just go get one that's going to transfer because he can't play. You know, I think they right. want a quality guy that they can build around in a year or two. So both of those guys would fit that description. Uh, I think they're probably still working both of those really, really hard, if I had to guess, and and uh, and, and probably still feel like things are uh, moving in a positive direction. I guess we'll see if anybody shows up for a game or something this fall. I think that would be of um, of note, obviously, but offensive tackle, tight end, 
What do you think about this weekend's list? Yeah, I was about to ask uh, you, what, what do you think about this weekend coming up? Sure. Uh, Tavion Galloway, probably the biggest headliner. Of course, Jackson Cantwell is a 2026. He's the number six overall player in that class, but he's a 2026. So we're going to go with Tay Galloway as the headliner this week. 2024, four-star tight end out of Ohio, uh, Pickerington, Ohio. He's uh, 6'5", 230. A recent decommitment from LSU. He, he actually visited Arkansas when Coach Loggins was still on campus recruiting tight ends for Arkansas. He visited last year, and of course, uh, he committed to LSU earlier this year. Went back on that commitment earlier this summer, and and uh, you know he still got Arkansas right there in the top group. So, mm-hmm. a guy who's at least familiar already, having visited once, coming back again, still looking for a home. I could see that one trending in a positive direction for Arkansas. LSU still on the offer list. Obviously, Colorado, you've seen Tavion uh, tweet or, or message, uh, whatever we're calling that now, about Colorado over the weekend. Michigan's still a player there. But, uh, again, based on Arkansas's needs and, and priority and um, uh, really the ability to make this guy a priority as the only tight end kind of really left out there, I'd, I could see potential for this one turning up for him, but uh, we'll see how the weekend goes. But outside of those two, uh, KB on Henderson said he's going to be up this weekend. Justin Logan, a couple of Arkansas commitments there. And I bet by the end of the week, Trey, we're talking about several more uh, committed guys and potentially some undecided guys for 24 and beyond. So I think if you ask me, if this show was on Friday, I bet we'd have a whole heck of a lot more to talk about in terms of uh, weekend visitors. I'm expecting a really good turnout. All right, Danny. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and we'll see you on Saturday. All right, everybody. That's Danny West. Again, you can follow him at Danny West 24-7 on Twitter. He's the Hog Sports Recruiting Analyst. Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. You need a VIP subscription to read most of Danny's recruiting information as well as a lot of our VIP cover. Well, all of our VIP covers. That's why it's VIP. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to The Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want VIP service for internet, then you need to go check out Ozarks Go. Ozarks Go is, well, I mean, it's just a great deal. It's reliable. It's local. It's fast. I mean, what else could you want in internet? You're never going to have, like, issues, at least I haven't, where 
you know, kid comes in like, dad, my phone won't work or I can't watch TV or, you know, honey, I don't know. I'm unplugging it and plugging it back in. The router's not working. You're in an argument with your wife over it. I don't know. I can't get the internet working. Everybody's frustrated. I've never had that experience. It's been smooth sailing at my house with Ozarks Go. Two nice gentlemen come over, install it for you, in and out. Everything works. Everything works. That's what's important. Like people sometimes, you know, get afraid of technology. Technology now is supposed to be everything just works at a hit push of a button. You're not supposed to have, you know, some in-depth knowledge of computers and, and, you know, code and all that kind of stuff. It just works. And that is what you get with Ozarks Go. You can reach them at 479-684-4900, ozarksgo.net slash H-A-W-G. That's H-A-W-G, hog, uh, for our friends at Ozarks Go. Get with the local people. Uh, I couldn't be happier with the the service, and you guys know I would let you know how I really feel. All right, everybody, we're going to get to Andrew Ellis now. For those of you who aren't familiar with Andrew, he is, I mean, one of the emerging stars in media in Arkansas. He does a fantastic job, really just covers everything for us from basketball, baseball, football, just everything, and is at all the practices and is tied into Arkansas sports coverage as anybody. Andrew, how you doing, brother? I'm doing tremendous, Trey. How are you? Well, I'm doing tremendous too. That's that was the word I would use. Tremendous. It feels good. We're we're into the football season now. I mean, we've got two weeks behind us. A big game coming up against BYU. I wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, obviously, I've expressed mine, but what did you see out of the game on Saturday, and what are you looking to see? maybe from an improvement standpoint heading into BYU. Before before we begin, Trey, I, I forgot to catch the first few minutes of the show. Did you give Max Fletcher the respect he deserves yet or no? I have not given Max Fletcher any respect yet, but he deserves it. I would agree. He's punted very well the last two games. Yeah, I was just making sure we could get on the same page right there. Max Fletcher deserves his love. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's taken his practice to the game, which is kind of what we're all waiting on. But anyways, uh, you know, the game, the game overall – you know, I said last week there's not much you can really learn from these kind of matchups with lower opponents. Like if you score 65 on Western Carolina or Kent State, I don't think it necessarily means you have a great offense. But mm. I want to rephrase that because I think if you're struggling in these kinds of matchups, which Arkansas has in some areas, you know, they obviously are getting the job done and winning these games. But I think there's definitely something you can learn. I think the fact that Arkansas has not really been able to impose their will on either of these first two opponents, definitely at the line of scrimmage, you know, I think it's a little bit of a concern, and I want to, you know, clarify that I'm really speaking about the offense. The, def- the defensive line stepped up big in this week. Uh, the defense overall, I mean, just you know, gave up some yards here and there, especially early. But they 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 answered the bell every time they needed to, and they they got the job done. But I was I was really concerned by what I saw out of the Arkansas offense, and it kind of changes my opinion of what the ceiling might be for this group. Um, I have no doubt that the run game can get better and that the offensive line is going to continue to be a little bit of a work in progress, especially as they cut down to a true, you know, first starting five there instead of a rotation, but the competition level is also going to increase a lot. So I I have a lot, a lot more questions than I thought I was going to have at this time of year, but overall, you know, they took care of business and, you know, we saw with KJ Jefferson that Arkansas has kind of the ultimate Trump card when things aren't going well in the run game, just bring out the 250 pound quarterback and let him eat. And uh, I think that Arkansas probably didn't want to have to do that against Kent State, but I think the second half was a nice little reminder that the, the run game, when when it's all said and done, this run game is going to look a lot different because KJ Jefferson is going to be involved when they need him to. And you know, like I said, you probably don't want to do that against Kent State, but 
they got the job done, and I think they're going to perform a lot better this week. So I'm interested to see how they respond. I think they really kind of struggled, unless it was KJ running to the right. To run to the left, they seem to have a good bit of success. I mean, they ended up with 172 yards, didn't have a whole lot of, I guess, opportunity, not a whole lot of drives and anything. I'll tell you, you know, from the psyche of the fan and how they view this game, like the fan may have come into the season and says, you know, okay, Arkansas, eight wins. I think that's where they'll be. Uh, obviously things change as the season goes along and you're just devastated by every loss, but it's still, you know, ultimately you predicted eight wins. But when you lose – or not lose, but when you play a game like this and you don't just destroy the team, in the fans' eye, it knocks you down from a tier of, okay, we're not going to be a juggernaut this season. <laughs> you know, we, we're probably not going to win the SEC. Like, it puts that in your head, whereas, you know, before going in, like, anything's possible. Maybe we're great, you know, and – when you play a game like that and you don't just utterly dominate them, it kind of knocks you down a tier, you know, in your head of, of what this team's uh, potential might be, kind of like you said. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the beauty of it is that you're, you're, you're five days away from if Arkansas goes out there and puts up a, you know, 42 to 20 type of game against BYU, then all of a sudden you're right back on schedule. And it's like, okay, we took the step we wanted to take. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it's all sunshine and rainbows from that point. And so I, I think that's absolutely a possibility. I think that, given the way Arkansas performed last week, kind of, the, you know, combined with the step forward that BYU took this past week, I think it's going to be kind of a popular pick for people to think that Arkansas is going to really struggle in this matchup. And, you know, maybe they do. I think BYU's defense certainly could present some problems for them. It seems like they're, you know, a really solid group there with some standouts. And I, I expected BYU to take a little bit of a step back this season from what we saw from this team last year, especially mm-hmm. losing Jaron Hall. But defensively, it doesn't seem like they are. It seems like they're going to be a much better defense than the one that Arkansas faced in Provo last year. But ultimately, I think this is this week is kind of the perfect opportunity. You know, if Arkansas were playing, say, a Texas A&M or an LSU or, you know, whoever you want to say from the SEC this week, I think a lot of fans would be sweating bullets and rightfully so. I think this matchup kind of lines up perfectly for them because it's a clear step up from your Kent State and your Western Carolina, but not so much of a step up that it's going to be overwhelming. And, you know, it's going to be a night game in Razorback Stadium. I just feel like, you know, this is a perfect litmus test for Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You take care of business this weekend. You do what you need to do, and you make the improvements. And obviously, they're going to be emphasizing the run game a good bit. They go out there and take care of business this weekend and do what they should do. I think I think it'll ease people's minds a lot more. So, I'm trying not to overreact here too much and try to change up everything. I still feel similar in terms of the win total of in that 7-9 to nine range. And I think Arkansas has got to win this one if they're going to have if they're going to reach any of those heights that people want them to reach. But I think this is actually a, a pretty nice spot for them here in week three. Yeah. What do you think about the the line, Andrew? It's uh, on Bet Saracen app. It's Arkansas minus nine and a half uh, plus 300 for BYU on the money line, minus 350 for Arkansas. The over-under is 51 and a half, which is Arkansas scored 52 points in this game last year. What do you think about some of those some of those bets? Obviously, it's early before you want to put anything in maybe, but – what are your early thoughts? Yeah, that's that's interesting to me. You know, with with college football games, I usually feel like if you're if you have two teams that are equal and you put them on a neutral site, obviously you'd have a zero point spread. But I think if you're taking two teams that you view are quote unquote equal, your the home team should probably be favored by three or four points, kind of in that range. Mm-hmm. So I think Arkansas being favored by ten against BYU indicates to me that Vegas doesn't see a humongous separation between these two teams. You know. There's some home field advantage there. It's going to be a night game. Should be a good crowd. So that gives Arkansas three or four points there. And Vegas really isn't giving Arkansas a ton more outside of that. And, you know, given 
the way that the offense has played the first two weeks, I think that's probably not completely unfair. The over-under really sticks out to me, though. I mean, BYU's played good defensively, and obviously we've seen Arkansas's defense rise to the occasion here in these last couple weeks. But 50 points, I I just feel like both of these these teams have too much talent to not be expected to get things going a little bit. I mean, Arkansas, if Arkansas is not able to take a step forward offensively, I think it's time to be really concerned. So I think if that kind of, if that point spread, if they, if they win by 10, I don't think that's necessarily a huge deal, but I think if Arkansas is not able to really get things going offensively, even against a pretty good BYU defense, I think that's when it's time to really start asking real questions about what this group can do and sort of assess what their long-term ceiling is. But I, I, you know, I picked Arkansas to cover this past week, so maybe I'm not the guy to ask for advice on this kind of thing. But <laughs> uh, tentatively, I think I'm leaning mm. Arkansas covering that spread. I feel like if they take care of business and kind of set the tone that, the, you know, they take the step forward that they should take. And I, I figure they'll ha- they'll be a pretty motivated group after the way that week two went. Mm-hmm. I, I think Arkansas has got a good chance to cover that spread here. Yeah, I mean, hell, Andrew, I, I predicted a bloodbath, and Ar- I mean, I was convinced that Arkansas would. Uh, would just roll over Kent State. Credit them, though. I mean, showing a little bit of gumption and fight and had a good game plan coming in, as Pittman called it, the four corners offense. All right, Andrew, anything else to add? Oh, baseball. There's some baseball stuff going on. I mean, it's, yes, it's easy I, to overlook, uh, yeah. but there's some false scrimmages. Yeah, so, you know, we got our we got our first kind of look at the team. You know, on Friday they had a scrimmage and they had one Sunday. For any fans listening, this Friday before the BYU game, they're doing what they call their fall classic. They do it about once a year. Last year they did it the day before the Bama game to try to kind of capitalize on that big crowd. BYU might not have the same effect, but if anyone's in town for the game the night before that Friday at 6 o'clock at Baumwalker Stadium, free admission. They'll have some concessions there. They'll have a few other little festivities. But, you know, come get a look at the team. And if you don't, if you aren't able to, you know, not in the area, we'll have coverage of it for sure. And uh, I've really enjoyed, you know, going out to those scrimmages and getting a look at the team. And so I'm hoping some fans will get to come out and see the team uh, this weekend and kind of have their first early impressions. All right, Andrew. Appreciate you joining us, brother. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. All right, everybody. That's Andrew Ellis again. You can follow him at Andrew Ellis 24-7. What do you guys think? You want more Andrew Ellis? Should we give you more Andrew Ellis? We're working out ideas. I'm coming up with ideas for Andrew. Uh, But he does such a great job and – has just really grown in the past couple of years that he's been with us. So we're certainly very fortunate to have Andrew Ellis as part of our team at Hog Sports and just overanalyzes just like we like to do at Hog Sports. Oh, like all this, I'm looking at this baseball fall scrimmage recap and he is just, it's really in depth. So great job by Andrew Ellis. Okay. I would um, go to questions now normally, but maybe we'll do an extended question deal next week. But, uh, we got a little bit of a late start to the show, training some people, training a person. We'll announce that pretty soon. So I want to thank everybody for joining us. Thanks for not getting too mad at me for predicting bloodbath, but I was, I was about as wrong as I could be on that one. Arkansas won handily. Defense did what I thought they would do. Well, maybe even a little bit more. It's just the offense just having an issue here and there. It's got to got to clean things up, got to get things a little bit tighter. Uh, I can, again, you know, I mentioned last year the the Liberty game where they lost that, and then two weeks later they're just blowing the doors off of Ole Miss. Didn't win 42-6, to but jumped out of that 42-6 lead and just kind of coasted the rest of the way. So maybe we can see some steps up in improvement uh, like that. But um, disappointing overall showing by the offense, I thought. We'll see how things progress. It is a dramatic difference in going from the spread to a pro-style 
and you've got a lot of new faces out there, so maybe we underestimated that a little bit. Um, the offensive line has to. They've got to block better. Uh, they just have to. And not that they blocked as bad as I thought they did immediately after the game, um, but they still have plenty of issues they've got to get sorted out on the offensive line. Running back's got to trust the hole's going to be there. And, I mean, this offense just works so much better when K.J. Jefferson's running the ball. And I know that they wanted to get away from that, protect him, get out healthy. But, man, it just makes such a big difference. And maybe there was a little bit of idea in your head about how bad that those guys just got their butts kicked the week before and maybe you thought you just had to show up. You'd like to think that Arkansas is over that, but it doesn't seem entirely. Um, So – We'll see how things go against BYU. you got to bring your hard hats for BYU. No question about that. All right, I want to thank Andrew Ellis for hopping on with us. Thank you to Danny West for joining. Uh, I know people had questions, but we just don't have time to get to them. we got practice coming up here in a minute, uh, so we got to get to that. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 